You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. You're listening to Tony Telecast from The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. I'm Aaron Albano. And I'm Mo Brady. In our winter coats, wearing smells from laboratories facing a dying nation. Welcome, listeners, to our mini-series about the Tonys, bringing you all the drama behind the drama of a theater season in Broadway history. In each podcast episode, we watch a telecast of a previous Tony Awards, not only the performances, but the opening and speeches to see how it reflects the season as a whole. So let's dive in and talk about the 2009 Tony Awards. The 63rd annual Tony Awards were held on June 7th. 2009 at Radio City Music Hall and hosted for the first time by Neil Patrick Harris. Heading into the ceremony, Billy Elliot, the musical, led the pack with 15 nominations, followed by 11 for Next to Normal and 8 for Shrek the Musical. The Public Theater Revival of Hair led the revivals, also with 8 nominations. In addition, in the running for Best Musical and Best Musical Revival were Rock of Ages, Guys and Dolls, Pal Joey, and West Side Story. But aside from the telecast itself, what was happening in 2009, Aaron? The 2008-2009 season marked a lot of highs and lows in the nation, Mo. A significant high was the election and inauguration of the U.S.'s 44th president, Barack Hussein Obama, our country's first black president in its history. However, significant lows that swept the nation's zeitgeist were the passing of Proposition 8 in California, which effectively banned same-sex marriage in the state of California, and the continued downturn left by the previous administration. That recession definitely had its effect on the Broadway industry that season. While we saw 45 new shows open that Broadway season, we also saw 48 Broadway productions close that same season. Some new, but many long-running shows, unable to withstand the impact that the economic downturn had on the city. Among those Broadway shows that closed were Crybaby, Curtains, Sunday in the Park with George, Passing Strange, A Catered Affair, A Chorus Line, Rent, Xanadu, Legally Blonde, Hairspray, Young Frankenstein, Grease, Spamalot, Gypsy, and Spring Awakening. That's a lot of shows that closed. That fucking sucks, man. Let's pull, man, that is a lot of shows to close. And that wasn't, those weren't even the shows from that season that closed. Because that season also had a lot of shows that closed within the time frame. Yeah, let's pour one out for these non-nominated musicals. A lot of which closed during that season. <laughs> uh, first up is Title of Show, which ran for 102 performances at the Lyceum. Are you a Title of Show fan? I am a very big Title of Show fan. <sighs> Of those 102 performances, I think I saw four of them. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Is that the most like percentage of shows run that you have seen a Broadway show? Likely. Probably, yeah. Also, that season was A Tale of Two Cities, which ran 60 performances at the Hirschfeld, starring James Barber. I saw that once. Mm-hmm. I saw that zero times. Uh, 13, 105 performances at the Jacobs, starring a young Ariana Grande. Irving Berlin's White Christmas only ran 53 performances at the Marquee, but it was also a limited run. I love that show. Was this the first time it came? Because it came multiple times, right? Yeah, I think it was two years in a row. Often these okay. sort of holiday shows come like wham-bam, one right after the other. Mm-hmm. Think How the Grinch Stole Christmas was two years in a row. 
Irving Berlin's White Christmas was two years in a row. Elf was a few years. I think Elf was like 2010 and 2012. It was close. Oh, so it skipped one. Yeah. The shortest run of a Broadway musical in the season, The Story of My Life, five performances at the booth, starring Malcolm Getz and Will Chase. We just can't get away from Will Chase, can we? Nope. And we weren't sure whether to put this last musical in this section because it was nominated for some awards, not for Best Musical, Mm -hmm. and ran past the season, um, which was 9 to 5. It opened in April at the Marquee, still was running by the broadcast, but closed in September. Mm -hmm. It was Dolly Parton's entrance to the Broadway stage, starring Allison Janney, Stephanie J. Block, and Megan Hilty, and had a lot of notable ensemble members, Jeremy Davis, Anne Harada, Neil Haskell, Lisa Howard, Galen Gilliland, Mark Myers. We have a lot of fan favorites in that group. So how'd you like this telecast, Mo? (sighs) Okay, perhaps even before the opening, we need to talk about the elephant in the room. Okay. Which is that I would call this the most iconic sound-plagued Tony Awards ever. Oh, correct. When I think about sound problems at the Tony Awards, it's like, is a thing that a person thinks about? This is the worst. This is the one. This is, because I remember Guys and Dolls. I I remember a lot of them, but I forgot about Elton's, which is the very first thing we see. And I watched it and I was like, oh, this is this one? Great. Just like upset already. And it didn't get better. In the opening, it did not get better. In the opening, Elton John's mic isn't on, and then West Side Story's mics aren't on when they do the rumble. You can hear all of the backstage lip trills. Like, you're just hearing, like, a woman go, It's Sutton Foster's, right? I heard it was Sutton Foster's. Oh, that's brilliant. I thought thought it might be the Maria, because it's right before she comes on. Oh. But who knows? Great. In the Shrek number, when the ensemble comes in, only Jen Cody's mic is on, which is a blessing and a challenge in and of itself. Yeah. And do you want to talk about the Guys and Dolls? The Guys and Dolls is the most iconic for me. It is. I feel like we'll get there when we talk about the performances. Okay. They're, okay, great. Now, this is the sound problem, Tony's, but this is also... There are camera problems. Oh my gosh. For example, when Tom Kitt and Brian Yorkie win for best score, the camera cuts to- To Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. Backstage. To recent Tony loser. Immediately recent Tony loser. (laughs) Dolly Dolly Parton. Parton. I was like, come on. At least like, did you ever hear that story about when the 2004 Tonys, when they announced Avenue Q, they had the wicked title cards ready to go and they accidentally hit them? And then changed them right away when they announced Avenue Q. No. Because everyone assumed that Wicked was going to win. The camera luckily didn't catch any of those. But that's like, this camera was part of the problem. Yes. Audrey McDonald references, like, she comes out to say something like, hey, I'm referencing myself in a photo on a screen, but it's not there. <laughs> uh-huh. To me, the the worst in the sort of saddest is how the camera mixes up Janet McTeer and Harriet Walker when they're shown Correct. as nominees. And thank God for Marsha Gay Harden just calling it out <laughs> in her speech. However. Tech problems aside, let's go. Well, with- we haven't reached the biggest tech problem, which is Brett Michaels' injury. Oh, yes. So for those of you who missed this, we're going to get to the opening in just one second. But in the opening, Brett Michaels, famed rock star 
person. Sure. I think he had like a reality show on at this time. Oh, sure. That's helpful, too. All right. And wrote or originally performed one of the songs in Rock of Ages. Yeah. Well, that feels right. Right. He backs up into a descending set piece that knocks him onto the ground. Well, because he was living for the applause. Right. And then didn't turn tail in time. Yes. And then got decapitated by the drop. Not really decapitated, folks, but... (laughs) He did receive medical treatment for a split lip and a broken nose. Wow. But according to a lawsuit that he submitted to CBS in 2011, the rocker also suffered from brain bleeding after the blow. Ooh, wow. Yeah. So this is in 2009. In 2010, Michaels was hospitalized when doctors discovered a brain hemorrhage and then suffered a stroke, which almost killed him, according to the lawsuit. So he... He files this lawsuit against CBS in 2011 saying that he wasn't given proper notice. Um, However, the lawsuit was settled in May 2012 with the terms of the agreement unknown. I don't know what happened. I always heard that he didn't go to rehearsal, but that's like a full rumor. I know. Yeah. Although now that I now that I'm hearing that it was worse, I feel bad laughing about it. Yeah, I definitely was like mean about it this non-Broadway guy coming into our Broadway awards and sure being are we always we're so well especially in this like we hate it when the Tony Awards try to like pander to non-theater audiences uh-huh so just Brett Michaels appearance here annoys me anyway but then hearing that he you know suffered brain bleeding it's I feel bad yeah How'd you like this opening? It is a mess. It is the messiest, messy, mess, mess. <laughs> yes, I wholeheartedly agree. Can you walk us through? <laughs> well, okay. First, we have Elton John with no mic on the piano singing Electricity with the young and the older Billies, which I live for. And then we have like a mashup, like a Tonight medley of West Side Stories Tonight and then Guys and Dolls' Luck Be a Lady Tonight. And then Rock of Ages comes out singing Nothing But a Good Time with Brett Michaels. And then we get Stalker Channing and Aaron Tveit singing a mashup with I'm Alive and Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, which I have a question about this performance in a second. And then Shrek comes out led by their three leads singing Freak Flag. And then Dolly comes out with the cast of 9 to 5 to sing 9 to 5. And then Liza comes out singing And the World Goes Round. Is that what she's saying? I think so. Something like that. And then it finalizes with the cast of hair singing Let the Sunshine In, which God bless the cast of hair, just putting a cherry on top. A delicious cherry on top of a shit sandwich. Okay, because here's what's funny, because I was watching this and I was like, with this much exposure of the Broadway community, at least judging from the last few openings that we've seen, you and I live for them. What's different about this that I'm really not living for this? I feel like I need a theme. I feel like I need something to tie it all together because it just felt like... Yeah, this was a bunch of ideas that were put into a salad mixer with no editor. Yeah. It was like, oh, well, we want to do the celebrities, so we need Elton John to sing, but we also want to do like mashups of the songs, Mm -hmm. but we also want to do the biggest Tony Award number ever, so we're going to have everyone sing Let the Sunshine In. It's 10 minutes long, and it has no coherence. Like, because I will say, 
when Westside and Guys and Dolls did their little Tonight medley, I was like, okay, I see how this links together. But then how does Bewitched, Bothered and Bewildered link up with I'm Alive? She sings I'm Alive again. I'm 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 wild again. I'm oh. wild again, beguiled again. There's a word something there's... something something smiled again, right? <laughs> Hold on one second. No, in in my mind there was a lyric about being alive in Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, but I don't find it. So there isn't, I, right? Yeah, I, I have I have no reason. It was at that point I remember watching it like in 2009, and then watching it now, being like, "What are we doing here?" Do you know what it doesn't do? That the 2013 Tony Awards opening does, which Mm -hmm. is, as we know, the standard from which all Tony Awards openings are measured against. (laughs) It doesn't build. No, no, not even a little bit. It like ebbs and flows. Uh Uh-huh. Freak Flag could be the end. Yeah. It's not because there's like four more acts. It just doesn't build. There's no build, right? And at the end... Neil Patrick Harris says, I was told that was the biggest and most expensive opening number in the history of the Tony Awards. And the audience goes wild. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not necessarily a a good thing. I mean, I'm like, in definition of the biggest and most expensive. Yeah. (laughs) There's no best in there. So I think we're accurate in our description. (laughs) It is the most most for sure. Yes. I would have wanted to like this. And yet I did. It's hard. It's hard to like for two reasons. It's hard to like because of the sound issues. And it's hard to like because it doesn't tell a good story. Yeah. Is this the Pal Joey's performance? Because Pal Joey yeah. doesn't have a performance. They don't even do B-roll. Nah. Like I was like Stalker Channing singing Bewitched Bottom and Be Willard. That's all we get from Pal Joey. And we have forgotten about it by the time Let the Sunshine In happens. Oh, for sure you have forgotten about it. That's yeah. too bad. That's too bad for Pal Joey. As if there hasn't already been enough weird things in this Tony's. Yeah. I think the other thing that just feels like an interesting choice to me is the presentation of national tours (laughs) performing 75 seconds of a well-known musical uh-huh. as sort of an advertisement for shows on the road. I was like, oh, this is why this shows three hours and not two. We get to see the national tour of Mamma Mia performing Dancing Queen, Legally Blonde performing so much better, and Jersey Boys performing Can't Keep My Eyes Off of You into a What a Night. I mean, high-level thoughts for these three I don't know. I might be failing you for this one because my main takeaway was like, this is cool, but what are we doing here? (laughs) What are we doing here? Like we've gone like fully into commercial, right? Yeah. Here's my question. Yeah. Five Frankies in Jersey Boys is obviously not the show. Obviously, you're not trying to like showcase the show. Yeah. Or a national tour. You're just doing a commercial. Uh Even Legally Blonde, which I feel is that would be good. I would like to see Becky Goldsvig from the national tour of Legally Blonde singing so much better. Sure. But 75 seconds is so quick. Yeah. If you don't know the number and you sort of have like already ramped yourself up to where she starts in the song. Uh Uh-huh. You're just like, what? What? What happened? She's so much better than what? Than what? Than who? What's before? (laughs) And why? (laughs) So much better than before what? Yeah, I guess that's true. Because also like Dancing Queen is more known in like the world. So is Can't Keep My Eyes Off of You. 
I guess. I just wondered, would they not have been better served by a commercial? Yeah. Just like 30 seconds of B-roll? Throw it up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but again, like it got, it, it got people their Tony debuts. So you you don't want your Tony debut being the weird national tour Mama Mia alumni association. <laughs> you want your Tony award to be debut to be like I'm nominated for best friggin' musical and here I am performing that song. Well, sure, but beggars can't be choosers. So oh, true. <laughs> I've been on zero Tony awards, just so it's clear. <laughs> Uh, speaking of mediocre things, how did we celebrate the best play nominees oh. in 2009? Oh man. Wow. We're just, we're just ragging on 2009 right now. So this year we got either the leads of the show or people related to the production in some way come on to that. Not even like it's the passerelle. It was that like mini stage? Oh yeah, it wasn't a passerelle. It was like, they'd put a stage. They put a stage in the middle of the orchestra. Yes. Is it supposed to look like a Tony envelope? Is that the image that we have? Wow, I never, I never, I never even <laughs> I literally just thought of that now. But so those people come onto the little stage in the middle and they directly address the audience about what the show is. And then after that intro, they play like 12 seconds of B-roll. And I think it's only because we just came from 1988. <laughs> That I was like, this is the most lackluster. This is the opposite of Hannah Montana. This is the worst of both worlds. <laughs> it's like a boring introduction that, mm -hmm. and then give you like a moment of footage from the show, but like not enough to sink your teeth into. No, not at all. Like not even a little bit. Okay. One good thing that I loved in the 2009 Tony Awards so far was the Immorium section. It's where B.B. Newworth. I think she tells the audience about Gerald Schoenfeld, but then introduces the Broadway inspirational voices who sing What I Did for Love over the names of the people we lost that year. How did you feel about this? Fine. They never gave us like the full screen experience. We were always watching the screens in Radio City with footage of Broadway inspirational voices rather than ever like going full screen with seeing the montage. Oh, interesting. I thought it was a weird choice. Yeah, they were either the orchestra or the BIV were always in frame. Right. When we saw the screen. That's true. Versus I feel like what they have done re more recently is they just whatever's showing on the screens in Radio City, they also make that full screen for the viewers at home. Mm. So it was That's like fair. after a while, I was like, nah, like I have seen enough candles. I feel like there were a lot of candles on stage. Maybe I made that up, but I was like, no, I know. I, I know that Broadway inspirational voices is singing. You don't have to show me like a, a bad camera angle of them in front of a digital screen anymore. <laughs> I just, just, just show me who you're, who we're remembering, please. I think I just did. I think I just loved that arrangement of what I did for love by the B, by BIV that I was like, okay, this is nice. I'm sure BIV can do no wrong. Yeah. 2009, man. <laughs> All right, we're going to come back and do part two of 2009, where we talk about the nominated performances and give our Yelp reviews. But yes, so you have a week to prepare. We wanted to now randomly select our next Tony telecast to watch. That'll give you and us the following week to research this season as a whole and bring our most surprising findings. Yes. So let's select our sixth Tony telecast. Wow, we've done six of these. 
Well, we're about to do six of these. <laughs> I put a handful of infamous Tony Awards, well, not very many left, uh, on pieces of paper in this basket, and I will now randomly select one to explore for next week's episode. Drum roll, please, Mo. I'm just saying butter. Okay. Butter, 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 butter. Okay. Our next Tony telecast we will be watching is, whoa, 1982. We're going back. We're going back. This is 42nd Street. Is it? What's the other thing? I officially was not alive yet. It's 42nd Street and some... 36 Tony Awards. This is Nine in Dreamgirls. That's what this is. Nine in Dreamgirls. Ooh, Dream okay. Well, to join us for our next Tony recap, be sure to do your homework with us on the 1982 Tony Awards. But to hear the rest of our recap on the 2009 Tony Awards, be sure to join us on Friday. The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Mo Brady. And by me, Aaron Albano. Special thanks to Wasif Sami for providing the background research for this Broadway season. There are two great ways you can be helping the Ensemblist right now. One is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and the second is by becoming a Patreon member at patreon.com slash the Ensemblist. Please follow the Ensemblist wherever you listen to podcasts, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or at bpn.fm, the home of Broadway Podcast Network. You can also follow us on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Did I say all the things? I said all the things. <laughs> you did. It's okay. Did you notice I wasn't watching and so I just said all the things? Jeez. <laughs> you can say some of the things now. Go nope, ahead. Nope, we're good. We're going to keep it right there. <laughs> <laughs>Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.